Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Tuesday, March 28th, 52 degrees out, feels like 48, uh, feels like a nice spring day, winds uh, 11 miles an hour out of the uh, west, little south, west, south, southwest. I'm Jack Riggins, host. <laughs> Restoring American values and bringing common sense to the capital city. Johnny Cadillac, standing at attention as executive producing the show. Stands at attention better than any sailor I ever had. But attention and sailor aren't words that normally go hand in hand. Well, uh, Johnny, you're the greatest compliment I can receive there. <laughs> such a pro. Uh, folks, we've got a short show today because uh, half show will be off air by uh, 530 uh, Nebraska baseball is uh, taking on uh, North Dakota State, so pregame will be at 5.30. So short show, call lines are open, 402-479-1400. That'll be the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Uh, text line as well. Uh, already, Kathy chiming in on the legislature filibuster. On the text line, uh, she says that Senator Megan Hunt uh, said she's not receiving any phone calls from citizens to ask her stop the filibuster. It's got the whole legislature in a kerfuffle, her and Senator Kavanaugh. Uh, the chair saying, well, now he's going to have to just start picking bills because they're running out of time. Anyway, Kathy brings up a good point. Um, yeah, the calls that uh, Senator Hunt uh, talked about weren't even from her district, but uh, Kathy has called both senators and uh and said hey stop the filibuster get on with uh governing that's probably true it's probably time i don't mind a stall but it's getting a little silly um anyway folks if you do want to call senator hunt 402-471-2722 that's her office and senator kavanaugh 402-471-2714 call and express pro or con for or against the filibuster, um, as the senators are claiming. Well, none of the none of their people they represent are chiming in, so therefore, you know, they're just going to keep doing it. Interesting stuff. I did see the uh, while I was gone, or right about as I left last week. The um, you know, excuse me, let kids grow up. Sorry about that. Well, in indigestion, <laughs> didn't get to the cop button fast enough, uh, is moving on. And I, I suspect constitutional carry's moving on. Um, so, you know, keep following that. I want to, I want to talk about, uh, this woman arrested for double murder, um, alongside, uh, the shooting in Tennessee. And I also talk about the annexation and then I want to, want to get back to DEIA and the Lincoln Community Foundation last week. Um, okay. As most of us know, we got a great article on KLIN.com by Tom Stanton, a couple articles there by our news team. Uh, this woman, um, <laughs> Taylor Bradley, she's a resident of, of the complex there, uh, the Lodge apartment complex near 46th and Nebraska Parkway. Uh, she just decided to run over two people. Um. Wow. Right? These it's these two uh, men who were maintenance workers at the complex. And the police are all over this one. Um, so let's go back to uh, the Tennessee, six murders, Lincoln, Nebraska, 
somebody in their apartment complex just driving over two men. Folks, we're not going to take the car away from Taylor Bradley. Something is wrong with Taylor Bradley. Something is wrong with the trans woman that shot the school in Tennessee. Not the things they used. Not guns or cars or their sex, but their mind. Mental health. We have to start talking about the mental health angles. We've had so, so many chances over, you know, the last couple years. And I thought Matt Walsh, who's with the Daily Wire, says it well. The question is, why is culture producing so many people who want to carry out attacks like this or lose their temper, you know, beyond control, so to speak? Take the guns, take the cars, and you still have a country infested with homicidal sociopaths. I don't know that I would use those words. Those are Matt Walsh's words from the Daily Wire. But you have people that are very mentally disturbed that cause violence. Um, where are they coming from? How are they being created? Why is nobody seeing these things and giving warnings? These are the questions that should be asked. I agree. I agree. I mean, when we start dealing with the problem for what it really is, uh, we'll start seeing this. I mean, you just don't wake up one day and go, you know what? I'm frustrated. I might get kicked out of my apartment or I'm not happy with the paint. I think I'll just run over the two maintenance guys. You don't do that. No sane person does that. And we all have mental health issues. I mean... You know, identifying him and getting treatment for him and, and those around us that can help us is, is where the talk needs to go in these shootings and in this case. Um, so very sad for the families and uh, all the people in the community. I mean, it's just a, a tragedy and it's sad. No doubt about it. Uh, I was picking up in the city council pass last night. uh you know, this annex. And the first article was, I think, in October. So members, you know, between 70th and 84th and Pine Lake and Yankee Hill, kind of that square, if you will, um, you know, started kind of chiming in um, last fall and, and talked more about it. The The one thing I would say is that it does make sense from the city's plan and everything that when an area, and in this case, that area got totally surrounded by the city, um, that annex, you know, is going to happen. It's, it, I, I think it's the right call. Now, negotiating and figuring out what's right for the way those folks are, are living is, I think, where, you know, the proof is in the pudding. What I'm saying is, is I think annex was going to happen. It was inevitable. You know, that area of land between 70th, 84th Pine Lake and Yankee Hill kind of got surrounded by the growth of Lincoln, the city. So I can't say, oh, city council should have never done that. I think it's right. Now, the negotiation slash how it's going to be done is pretty interesting, meaning I would hope that in city council's heart, for instance, the people that live there and have a rural lifestyle, you know, livestock, chickens, you know, what have you, 
That's how they've been living. Um, They should be allowed to continue that. And I hope they are. I don't know. I just hope they are. Uh, Because those are acreages, if you will. And um, that has been why they, you know, stayed there, bought their land there, and and have enjoyed that lifestyle. And they should be able to continue to do that um, without any, you know, penalty or friction from the city in this annex. I do think that it brings up an interesting deal because they will be taxed more. And I think estimates were, you know, 300 per 100,000 valuation of their home properties. Um, I do think, you know, that that's unfortunate, uh, but more, you know, the services. And I had read that, you know, the city would require these people, you know, to pay to tap into, say, city infrastructure. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure that the right answer is that if you want to hook up water and electricity after somebody annexes you, that you pay. I would think that the way you would annex is that you had budgeted for that in the city council and have, you know, decided whether, you know, 20, 40, 80 families want to do that or if they want to live off the wells and and how they're already doing it. Um I would think that it would be very bad legislature if, in fact, the people were responsible for the very, very big costs of hooking up um, water and, say, sewage. Um, I, you know, that seems wrong. You know, let them live in their in their acreages under the way they have been. Um, you know, come to some kind of agreement that makes sense for both parties between the city and individual landowners if they want to get hooked up. And uh, and then obviously, you know, the taxes for first responders and things like that, you know, get figured out. And so that'll be interesting. I, I know there were probably, there were a lot of people being loud about not wanting that to happen. I, I think it is the right answer to annex. Um, but, uh, you know, you've got to work through the, the little parts for your city. That's that's what a small community like ours should be able to do. It was passed unanimously. Okay, just a couple more minutes left. We'll probably run this into tomorrow. I feel bad as a host. I should have done several shows on this right when the Biden administration took over. Um, But it just seems to now be reaching its way, even though I see it in mass media all the time, you know, with the Lincoln Community Foundation uh, putting in essentially a disclaimer where they were requiring nonprofits who habitually – um, take part in their uh, give to Lincoln Day, you know, a DEIA affirmation. And, you know, what it amounts to, and shame on you, Lincoln Community Foundation, um, what I would say is, yeah, you've gone woke, but you're essentially starting to discriminate with, within, you know, the system that's worked so well the last 20, 25 years. And, and clearly when you put a DE a affirmation to participate in the Lincoln Give, um, you know, it. a second, third order effects is it, it targets Christian groups. And, uh, you know, I'm sad to see that in our city. And uh, I, I don't think that using something that's passive aggressively racist in and of itself or sexist or, you know, uh, discriminating <laughs> is right. Uh, but we need to understand the definition. Uh, let's go to the Treasury Department. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility.
D-E-I-A, refers to a set of practices intended to ensure people from broad set of socio-demographic backgrounds are represented able to thrive in the workforce and an organization's action and services to the public that consider the needs and desired outcomes of all stakeholders. Okay, that's the definition somebody came up with, in this case, the Department of Treasury, that's floating around there. The other one, and this is why this show is going to have to roll into tomorrow, so we'll start with definition, and then we'll we'll work from there, people, is nothing better Right, then going straight to the White House. Because <laughs> when you go to the White House, where this all started for the most part back in uh, 2021 in June, you start to get it. Diversity means the practice of including the many communities, identities, races, ethnicities, backgrounds, abilities, cultures, and beliefs of the American people, including underserved communities. The term equity means the consistent and systematic, fair, just, and impartial treatment of all individuals, including individuals who belong to underserved communities that have been denied such treatment. The term inclusion means the recognition, appreciation, and use of the talents and skills of employees of all backgrounds. And the term accessibility means the design, construction, development, and maintenance of facilities, information, communication, technology, programs, services, so that all people, including people with disabilities, can fully and independently use them. There's a lot more on accessibility. But uh, we'll talk about that uh, when we get time, when we come back real quick. Or definitely tomorrow, because I'm going to keep on this DEIA thing. 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. All right, go Big Red, Nebraska baseball versus North Dakota State coming up here in just two minutes pregame. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, um, and we'll talk about Lincoln, uh, uh, <laughs> the Lincoln Community Foundation and DEI, and why I think they made a mistake. Um, again, if anybody's interested in their give to Lincoln, um, you know they sent out an affirmation that was just from the book uh, diversity. Equity, inclusion, and acceptable, whatever. I mean, I can't even say it. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I'm, I'm like, my brain is smoked over this stuff. Um, and why it just doesn't make sense. But, you know, overall, listen, the Community Foundation, a great group, right? Provide leadership and resources to help build a great city. You know, right in their vision to nurture, harness, and direct energy of Lincoln Community is the focus and of the Lincoln Community Foundation. You know, and they're a facilitator of resources to groups that accomplish great things. And, you know, now that they've, you know, put this out there for, you know, last week's Give to Lincoln, they've cut out many groups that uh, have done great things in Lincoln and, and specifically Christian groups. Right. So, you know, while on one hand people go, oh, we need DIA and it's this big new thing. You know, I, I see it as just a rebranding of many policies we already have and are working in this country. But now we've politicized something that probably has a good intent. And in a way, you know, it represents more discrimination than, you know, what it's supposed to be solving. And there's a great example between the Lincoln Community Foundations and what they did for Lincoln Give. And I'll break that down tomorrow and maybe we'll talk about it on a whatever Wednesday here, you know. Um, so I hope you will. Uh, Chris, as always, see you on the text line. Just curious, is our current mayor... Did she get the news of the double murder in Lincoln from her home in Ashland? Yeah, a lot of people don't like the fact that the mayor is wealthy and has multiple homes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fact. That's it always amazes me, Democrats who have 
very large homes and finances and who they represent. 1,499.3 KLIN.